0: Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmé, and founder of The Place Retreats, and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app.
2: Hello and welcome to your next episode where we look at issues facing midlifers, lifers talking to interesting people about their experiences and also getting information and advice from experts. I'm Amy. And I'm Louise. <laughs> and this week we're delighted to be joined again by psychotherapist Jean-Claude Chalmé, a uh, friend of the show, a uh, regular <laughs> um, contributor and he's going to talk us through relationships and mental health during the coronavirus lockdown. Hello JC.
0: Good afternoon from Bali, Louise and Amy.
2: Wow. So, yeah, you're joining us down the line from your retreat in Bali. How are you and how's lockdown there?
0: Um, Well, it's very interesting. I keep on saying to everyone, it feels a little bit like Greece in the winter. The beaches are locked down. Everything is boarded up. Everything is Mm -hmm. closed. But at the same time, we have 31 degrees, blue skies and a wonderful sun shining. But the interesting thing in in Case in point here in Bali is that we are an island of five and a half million people. We have very strict lockdown and we have to wear masks at all times in public. But we only have 215 cases of COVID-19. We have had four deaths and we are five and a half million people here on the island. So that's quite an astonishing result.
3: Yeah, Yeah, it is, it is. So you're not allowed to go to the beach?
0: We are not allowed. The beaches are locked off. The entrances to the beaches are are locked off. And if you dare to pass the uh, barrier, uh, the municipal police will come on the beach with motorbikes and chase you off.
3: Wow, but it's working. It's really, really working. This really strict lockdown. We believe lockdown. it is. So, I mean, yeah. you know, there were two
0: hundred and fifteen cases that have not yeah. been accounted for. Of course, you never know whether you can believe the numbers exactly. But mm. overall, yeah. you know what we are all saying here, all of us as foreigners, is that you know it's an amazing place to be in lockdown. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's because... a far
2: cry from going to Sainsbury's and um, <laughs> <laughs> and and. and it seems like I, I don't know, it, Amy. I, not... I expect Tunbridge Wells is just as nice, really. You know. <laughs> I was just going to say, in terms of the, um, the, the the enforcement of it, I mean, when you do need groceries and stuff, JC, how how does that work?
0: Uh, you go to the supermarket, covered in a mask, plastic gloves. You are given sanitizer to clean your trolley. Mm. Um, you are then supposed to uh, clean your hands with hand sanitizer. And you do your shopping just like everywhere else, and then you clean your cart again as you go out, and you load everything in the car, and you drive off.
3: Hmm. And I
0: presume that we do very much the same thing like everywhere else, apart from we are up until now very lucky that there are so few cases. But I feel yeah. like we're
3: being a bit slapdash. We don't, we don't. I mean, I haven't been to a big supermarket, but there's no wiping down of trolleys, or is there, Amy? No, I, 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 I
2: must admit, I've, I've. um farmed my husband out to go you know into the into the real world Um, some some people
0: know how to live
2: yeah exactly Mm. I guess it's just things that you do see on the news it doesn't feel like um, it it feels like it's a little bit optional whether you wear a mask or or not at the moment here I think it's just it's going to take a it's going to take a bit of time isn't it I mean we're, we're it's April 2020 if anybody is again listening to this in a in a small canister in a desert somewhere Um, and yeah maybe we'll look back on this and say god can you believe that we that it, it was optional to wear a mask
0: here it is absolutely uh, there are some shops or places they won't let you in if you don't have a mask
2: we should begin by recognizing that many people are facing serious consequences of lockdown for their families uh, health-wise um, economically and maybe they feel right now that they don't have the luxury of worrying about relationships and the emotional issues that we're discussing today. But experts are warning that the effects of lockdown on mental health could be deep and long-term. Uh, so today, you know, we're, we're gonna be talking to JC and, and, and listening to advice uh, around looking after ourselves emotionally if we're alone or in lockdown with others. So we've, we've, we've sort of cast our net out and we've asked for questions and noticed there seems to be a shift now from the initial high anxiety when schools first closed and then lockdown happened. Um, People seem to have got to grips on the whole with the practicalities of working from home and homeschooling, Um, but a despairing tone permeated. First of all, people are feeling worn out, tired, lacking in energy and struggling to understand why. Um, What what would your take on that be, JC?
0: Well... I think it's an extremely good question for the very simple reason that we need to go a little back. And we need to understand that as humans, we need to prioritize social connection for survival. Mm-hmm. And my colleague, Dr. Anna Walton, and I in, in London, in the practice, we, when we work with, we've been working a lot of with people that are suffering severe anxiety in this particular moments and if you look at it from an evolutionary perspective we need to develop relationship rules patterns frameworks that we can use to function without thinking about it consciously so you know we are very used to that I mean you know we've perfected that over years tens of years hundreds of years mm-hmm. of how to be but all of a sudden we are forced to think about how to behave because we have no experience on how to handle the the present situation of being Mm -hmm. with the same people all the time in the same place. And, you know, it is really very difficult for people to bend their minds around the situation of staying at home either alone or with family or partner or family partner and children, you know, or a combination of any of those, and how to deal with ourselves and with others and the children without yeah. reprieve and not knowing when it will end. You see, this is one of the big things. We don't know when it will end. Mm-hmm. And for very many people, this is very scary and anxiety-provoking. Yeah. And, you know, we also need to look at in the past 75 years, it's over 75 years since we've been threatened in our basic instinct of survival. So we have no recollection, we have no examples, we have no experience on how to deal with this. So, you know, we're sort of feeling our way in the dark. Mm. And on top of that, we have been living for a long time now for many people without genuine connection. Mm. You know, we've had lots of distractions. We have friends, parties, life, travel, and so on. So we're all the time about and going, you know and now we have very few distractions mm-hmm. and we again don't know how to be how to behave what to do this leads to a lot of anxiety because we really have to find out and we have no nowhere to look I mean, there isn't a manual somewhere that goes, oh, if you find yourself on the mercy of a pandemic and you need to stay at home (laughs) with your families and your children and your partner that you want to be or not want to be with, then you can do that. There is no Mm. such manual. And it's really difficult for people to, you know, they are coping with their own anxiety and also... What can I do? What can't I do? If I go out, will I catch coronavirus or COVID nineteen? What is going to happen to me? Am I going to end up on a ventilator in intensive care? What happens if I get anything else? Where do I go? And so all these stresses and strains are lived out in an aquarium, which is the home.
3: Mm. Yeah. But is this why so just going back to the the people talking about then not necessarily feeling high levels of anxiety but presumably there is that underlying anxiety why are people feeling so tired like like if nobody's doing anything really i mean i know we're all getting our hours exercised. i would
0: disagree with you louise i would disagree i think that people are mentally
3: yeah i see
0: continuously Mm. re having to rejig in their minds what to do next how and that's to handle why they're feeling this.
3: exhausted, do you think,
0: then? And they, not only do, are they feeling it, they are exhausted mm. because they continuously have to readjust, rethink, rejig, reorganise, redo. And, you know, it's really a hard job trying to keep oh. a family occupied and busy and distracted whilst you're dealing with whatever is going on inside you. So I do believe that people are worn out and tired and lacking in energy. Yeah, and, you know, and we've never had to do this before.
2: No. Yeah. And I guess a common theme is a roller coaster emotions. I know personally I, I can feel one minute I'm I'm fairly okay. I feel quite optimistic and, and hopeful and I'm enjoying the quality time with my family. And then I'm in the I'm hiding in the bathroom, you know, crying, um, feeling tearful and without really knowing why. Like you say, we normally we're in our rat race, aren't we? We're in our routine, and that we we're having to re Calibrate that hour by hour.
0: Absolutely. And if you look at it, you know, of course, it is the human condition to be hopeful. You know, mm. even if we're in the worst situation, if we are a hostage or whatever, our minds automatically will go to the point that we are hoping for the best. And in those moments, we feel okay and we can cope and then we have our internal saboteur or critic that goes oh this is hopeless and look nothing is happening nothing is changing you can't go out you can't do this you can't do that but we must should always remember that emotions come and go they will always Mm -hmm. change and so it's very important if people can remember that try and distract yourself you know and one of the things that i always ask people is that if you're having these down moments when you're on the opposite side in the good part of of life uh, even during this time that you're in lockdown take a sheet write down all the good things in your life so that when you arrive in the moment where things are really difficult that you can just pick up that sheet and look at it and remember. Mm.
2: That's a good idea, like a gratitude list almost. That you you can just a
0: gratitude come back to. list, or yeah, you can come back to it and say, you know, okay, it might look very bleak right now, or very dark, but I do have this.
3: Mm. Mm. And also, I suppose the more these feelings, this roller coaster of fluctuating emotions, we. Because I'm starting to sort of feel a bit now like we when I get very low and sort of I will just have sort of 20 minutes where I cry and and then I'm all right again, but I think I'm starting to go okay, well, I this does keep happening and it does end. I'm not like I don't then cry for the whole day or Mm. and I suppose it's a new white thing to get used to.
0: I I think that because we are so, um. Devoids very often of connection even with ourselves that Mm. we are feeling our way of what to do next and then we get very frustrated and we don't know what to do or where to go or how to even handle this and so I think very often it's a frustration of or despair of when is this all going to end when are we going to go back to normal but we also have to remember what was normal Mm. when our normal what we remember of normal, was also the time when you said, oh, my God, I never have time for anything. Yeah. I wished I had this. I yeah. wished I had that. So it's the human condition to always, or not always, but very often want the opposite of what you have or wanting what you don't have. Absolutely.
2: You know? What's that about? I mean, I know we've only got a 35-minute podcast, but w- what what is with us humans and feeling like that? That grass is always greener um, sentiment, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. And I think it is because it's very difficult for us to connect with ourselves and feeling grateful. And it, mm. it's something that we have learned and and. Over time, it's always, oh, if we do that, we should get that. If we do that, we should. It's it will always lead
2: a, to that. Yeah. yeah
0: it will, it's always a compensation or it's almost a, a power approach with life that we do. Oh, if I do that, I should be getting this. If I do that, you know, it's the good, bad, wrong, right, clever, mm. stupid. You know, it's always that reward. Thing. and it's very difficult for us to just remain in the moment mm-hmm. you know you you know what they say if we live in the past we get depressed if we live in the future we are anxious. anxious yeah and the the secret is always to live in the present I mean this time hopefully we'll never come back that you know we are in this amount of anxiety uh, and this amount of unknown and this amount of uh, being lost and mm. You know, we are action-driven. So, you know, if we feel lost, we have to do something. Well, now we can't do something. Mm. So it really is an amazing opportunity to be with ourselves. And can we do that? And how are we going to do that? And what we advise with people either here at retreats in Bali is that people get very anxious because they don't know what to do with an emotion. Mm. They're totally unused. And very often when we, Invite people to sit with the emotion, they go, Well, that wasn't so bad.
3: When, can I just ask, what, what does that mean, sit with it? Does it mean just accept it and just ride it out? Is that, is that Absolutely. understanding that? Okay. That is the
0: absolute correct term okay. to sit with it and ride it out because it is going to change. Hmm. That's 100% sure.
3: So when Amy talked about going and locking herself in the toilet and crying is that is that the same as sitting with it is that because Absolutely. I, that's what I will do as well. I don't want yeah. you know my 15-year-old to see me anxious. And why I don't not? want him to, you know uh, because I and why well not? I said no hang on I <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't want him to see that really sort of like you know um I will think, you because know, some of my children aren't with me, and that's what upsets me occasionally. Everything else, I'm fine with, and then suddenly, I'll, I'll just desperately want to see them, and I'll go and shut myself, and I, I do go and shut myself away because I will have a good old, like a really, like wailing, big red-faced, blubbering thing, um, and then if he says to me, "Are you upset?" and I will explain to him, "Yes, I'm upset because I'm, I'm missing so and so or whatever." Um, yes. But the, is it the right thing to do to, to sort of give in and just let those feelings just? Yes, you know, I mean you know yeah. if you
0: think if you think about animals for instance if they've had a big emotional thing going on they will shake, mm. Mm. you know in order to get the emotion out. Maybe for you, Louise, the crying <laughs> is the equivalent of that. Yes, <laughs> do you see what I mean? You know, if mm. if a gazelle has been chased by a lion and managed to escape. After that, it will sort of start shaking, to shake the emotion out. And for you, maybe that shaking is, you know, the crying to Mm. get it out of your system, because that's exactly what you're doing, isn't it?
3: Oh, that's how it feels. Once I've done that, I'm like, oh, that's better.
0: But for for those of you, there are going to be people listening to us saying, Mm. oh, well, that's all very fine for those that can cry, but I can't. What do I do?
3: What yes? Yeah, so what do they you do? You
0: know, and there yes. are they. They can look at techniques on YouTube and so on of you know invoking the shaking, for instance, to get rid of the emotion. Mm. Breathing techniques are another way of getting rid of the emotion of feeling calmer. You know, there's a lot available to to the people that are listening, and there's also that are not listening. You know, which will help them. You know, in order to deal with the emotion as it is happening to them.
2: Right. Mm. It's interesting what you say about trying to protect your son, from seeing you crying, Louise, yes, yeah. I, 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 a few days ago, yet again, I was kind of blubbering and my five-year-old said to my eight-year-old, what's wrong with mommy? And I heard her say as she shut the bathroom door, she's just having one of her moments. Let's just, let's just give, <laughs> let, let's go downstairs and play. And I, and I was crying, but laughing, but crying because she <laughs> has all of a sudden got this whole new vocabulary because she is Seeing, you know, I can't really get away from them because obviously they're just like shit to a blanket. These two, you know, they're just sort (laughs) of staying with me all the time because, uh, yeah, you know, uh, for them, it's a bit of a novelty that they've got me around and and, um, dad around all the time. Um, But maybe there is. I don't know if you were going to go on to say that, JC, but I guess that gazelle's um, offspring do would see that gazelle shaking. She wouldn't go in a bush and and do that. So not, you know, to protect her kids.
0: Absolutely. And this is how, you know, and I think it's so wonderful that your kids are are seeing that. And I think you're going to have quite a bit of trouble of weaning them off, having Mm. you, yourself and your husband around all the time, because that's what kids, you know, do like. It's that security, that safety, that you are there with them, holding them and protecting them. So it's going to be very interesting what happens when this is over, when we all go back to what we term our normal lives.
3: So do you think children will need to be prepared slightly? in a way? They're going to need, you, you won't just be able to go, right, go on, you're back to school, everything's back to normal. I hadn't thought of that.
0: I think that we should uh, teach our children in this moment that this is a wonderful time that we can be together and it's not always going to be like that. But what we can do, In those times that you're going to be away, when you come back, we can go back to the time that we're having now.
2: Well, that's a nice idea.
3: Isn't yeah, it? that's yeah.
0: a nice
2: thought. Until they start getting right on my tit ends, JC. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you, and three and a half billion other Absolutely. parents. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we had a moment. <laughs> they we went. Oh, that's nice, but yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, because as I said previously, children want a hundred percent of your love, a hundred percent of your attention, hundred percent of your energy. You know, and and that's just that's just how it is.
3: So can we just go back? So the worn out, tired, lacking in energy, that's just because we've got our brains are having to adjust constantly to to a very different situation.
0: I mean, we've never, Louise, we've never had to deal with a situation like this. No, no,
3: no. And would that explain why so many of us um, are feeling, uh, you know, people have mentioned really struggling with, um, almost feeling like they don't care about things that they cared about before, you know, goals that they had, or, you know, that sort of what's the point, you know, and really feeling lacking in motivation. Um, would that all tie in with that? Is it? Is it just that oh, our brains absolutely. are having to just uh, focus on surviving in the moment? or?
0: Well, not only that, no. if you think about it, what is the worst punishment that you can give someone in prison? Mm. It's solitary confinement. Mm. Mm. And in a way, we might be... Um, not in solitary confinement, although some people that live alone most probably feel very much like that because yeah. it's not only about families and, you know, it's also about the people that are on their own
1: yeah.
0: um, living in a house or a flat uh, yeah. somewhere and and having no social contact. And so we are in a way in solitary confinement and that plays with our mental health and, you know, it would be normal for people to feel depressed Mm. Because that would
3: explain that lack of motivation um, absolutely of taking
0: pleasure in the ordinary things of life because those have been taken away you know having a coffee Mm. with someone or going shopping for an afternoon you know it's a pretty bleak existence I mean you might think that people with a family at least they have the distraction they have children but you know it's like living in a pressure cooker Mm very often, because everybody has their own anxieties and their own fears and their own nervousness and their own demands and so on. So, you know, it's like living in a pressure cooker on the one Mm. hand. And the other hand, for the people that are alone, it's a bit like being in solitary confinement in prison. Mm. Yes, you might have your TV, you might have your phone and your Zooms and all of that. But at the end of the day, you are alone and you can't share with people. And you don't feel the energy of other people, human beings around, apart no. from your loan trip to the supermarket, mm. where, where still you have to social distance.
3: Yeah, I've got friends who live on their own and who have talked about their, their homes being uh, previously, you know, a real sanctuary from a really busy work life and and social life, um, but now it, it is just this lack of um, complete lack of physical contact for them is causing really deep distress. What what, would you, what do those people do? Those people that are living on their own.
0: I I would say I would say that they. Uh, my advice would be to set up a, a quite a strict routine for yourself. So um, if you can, you should have. Uh, divide your home or corners if you have a very small place to live uh, that one corner is where you work one corner is where you relax one corner is where you maybe watch television yeah and then you know you have your bedroom where you sleep and you know you make a program that you know no matter how you feel one day you're going to go walking another day you're going to do something else you know that you have every day you have something in your program and then you're going to set aside times where you do a zoom dinner with friends or you have a chat with a girlfriend or a coffee with another friend or you know whatever yeah. it is so that you almost live in a virtual social life mm. yeah. but at least you have a chance to vent your frustration or share good things or bad things but that you still feel part of a community and that you have that connection my most important advice would be please 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 do not abandon your social connection
3: carry on those phone calls video
1: calls
0: absolutely whatsapp whatever it is zoom you know whatever it is that you do Mm. it's just a question of you remaining in touch and Mm. remember you're not only doing that for yourself because the person on the other side is needing the same. It's not that you're a burden on anyone.
2: Absolutely. We're uniquely all in the exact same boat, aren't we?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, can I modify that a little uh, from what you have said? Um, I, I read something very interesting today, which says we are not all in the same boat, but we are all in the same storm.
2: Yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I guess that's that. also it's also a good opportunity maybe to say if you haven't heard from somebody for a while, maybe check in with them. I'm Absolutely. thinking of a few people that I haven't seen. You know, usually they're quite active on social media and they're quite active in the WhatsApp group, and I just haven't heard anything. And and I I really relate to that because sometimes I do just it, it it's beneficial for me sometimes to just unplug. But you have to you, you what you're saying is you need to plug back in just to keep in touch with people.
0: And maybe it's also a good idea with your, what you called gratitude list, to have a contact list of, okay, these are my friends. Maybe I want to speak to this one twice a week and to this one once a week and to this one once a fortnight. Mm. But that you sort of have a, a a program or a plan of what you're going to do in order to be socially active.
2: Mm. Yeah.
0: And because I think that, you know, when we are alone uh, or whatever type of life we have, that we we have a programme that we know, oh, yes, I'm going to do that today. And I think that's extremely important because you need to have some structure. Otherwise, the days are going to start looking like, you know, uh, the same every single day. Mm.
3: And something else I'm hearing a lot about, and I'm experiencing myself as well, is that some days it feels... It's, it's like it's impossible to concentrate and again that fluctuates so reading or tasks that involve thinking um will often result in just sort of staring into space for prolonged periods and then suddenly realizing <laughs> I've got to the end of the day and for absolutely no reason you know no nothing has got in my way um I've achieved absolutely nothing and that's really frustrating and I'm aware that it's just because I found it I just haven't been able to concentrate. Reading has been too much for me. Anything. And I've, I don't know, the day just goes. And I think oh, I have just stared into space a lot of the day. And that's so frustrating.
0: But but have you really?
3: Well, uh, I don't have know. Have you oh, really stared
0: a... into space? Or have you been so overwhelmed mm. of mm. not knowing what to do? Yeah, yeah. Of not knowing how to handle it? Because, mm. you know, our brains are like Rolodexes. And any situation that we encounter, it will go through the Rolodex to find a comparable situation so that at least we have some basis as how to decide how we are going to proceed. Right. So imagine that your Rolodex is rolling all the time, but it can't stop somewhere because it has really no comparable data. Mm. which triggers our anxiety. And we know when we are anxious, our minds gets flooded with negative thinking. Mm. So we are in that space where we think about survival and then all we can think of is to run from the tiger in our mind. And we are thinking of a million things without doing anything. And all of a sudden, it's four o'clock in the afternoon and we think, oh, my God, I haven't done anything at all. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And I get even more panicky. Mm. And then I don't know where to start first. And then I think, OK, I will do that tomorrow. You know, tomorrow I'm going to have a really organized day. I'm going to write exactly. everything down of what I have to what do. What goes
3: through my head? Yeah, <laughs> and it's like so, a loop, isn't
0: it? Yeah, exactly. You get up in the morning and you think, oh, my God. First thing, let's see, maybe they found a vaccine. Maybe they found a medication. (laughs) Switch on the television. And we're just adding to the anxiety. Mm. And our minds start flooding again. And we're totally lost again. And, Um, you know, does this all sound familiar?
3: Yes, it does. And actually, when you talk about that Rolodex thing, and when, when I've had days like that, it's been when there have been extra things sort of worrying me. And I... And I suppose it is just that. So what you're saying is it's like my brain is just having to take time to try and find a situation, like you were saying, it tries to go back to something it knows. Yeah,
0: something that is familiar. Yeah, so right. at least, oh, oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's very much like that. I mean, it's different, of course, but I can do this, I can do that because I did mm-hmm. that and that worked and that didn't work. And that, but here, mm. and not even our governments, not even our medical services, mm. nobody can tell us. apart from the one thing that we don't want to do which is self-isolate don't go outside Mm. if you do shortest time possible wear masks on your own and this is all the things that you don't want to do
3: Mm. yeah and so really this is just my mind i just have to accept that i'm going to have days that are like that where my mind is just trying to make sense of it all is that right
0: absolutely yeah. and okay. you know that is going to change and the same thing like it's going to the whole situation with COVID-19 will change as well I mean if you think about it that 75 years ago our grandparents were asked for five years not knowing if the next day they were going to have food or even a roof or a house to live in if yeah. they were being bombed or if they would be alive for five years and they did survive all we are being asked is for two to three months to stay at home in our comfort zones
3: yeah <laughs> Yes. It's a very
0: different thing. If we if we are going to, you know, because I think that sometimes we have to be, we're very willing to be stern with our children, you know, and say, oh, you have to do this, you have to do that, get on with this, do that. Don't think like that. But it's much more difficult when it comes to ourselves. So we need to use these examples of saying, look, you know, our grandparents didn't want to live like that, but they did for five years. Mm. And we only have three months and we have, you know, every comfort and every food that we could possibly think of and want most of the time.
2: Uh, It's interesting what you were saying before about uh, what's the worst punishment that you can give to somebody in prison, you know, confinement, solitary confinement. confinement. But I did read something years and years ago talking about the things that we have discussed in the past on these podcasts with you about um, sort of mindfulness and enlightenment. And actually, if you are alone with your thoughts, um, how is that for you? you know because if you if you've got that negative loop going which is this is awful this is never going to end i don't know what i'm doing you know all, all those sorts of very unhelpful thoughts it's not un- that
0: we all know yes
2: we we are all familiar with them and, and sometimes it feels like a battle
0: and we have all survived yeah. yeah and what i think is a very and you're bringing up a very good point Amy. and i think um you know we could try i mean nowadays It's been amazing that during this period there is so much available online, so Mm -hmm. much yoga, any type of yoga that you could think of, meditation, mindfulness, um, connection, you know, everything that you could possibly think of. So, you know, you could try a lot of things. You could try, uh, I mean, I have never seen so many classes so in a way, many. that's
2: an amazing thing, isn't it? You've now got access to these people because they are in the same boat and they are reaching out.
0: And and also, have you seen the amount of DJs that are now playing mm. one hour a day music? You can mm. find any music that you like. You could tune into it. It won't cost you anything. You can just join mm. and, and listen to it. I mean, there is so much possibility for distraction, but you have to make that little effort of saying to yourself, okay, what do I enjoy? And mm. what can I do? And I think, you know, that's what I would advise people. Even if you feel hopeless, even if you feel overwhelmed, even if you feel at the end of your tether, even if you feel very isolated, try for your own sake, for yourself, to look after yourself. Ask what you would tell a friend and then do it for yourself. You know, find find a DJ that you like with music or a yoga studio or a, 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 any type of fitness class or uh, mindfulness class or meditation class and Mm. do give yourself that gift because it's there for you.
2: That brings us quite nicely to this um, subject that I wanted to talk to you about sort of loneliness Um, and and it's something that is very subjective Uh, you know I'd like to ask you about feeling lonely even though you are with others which feels like something uh, I think people do feel a, a lot of shame around admitting that you know you can be um surrounded
0: you know, by people and feel absolutely
2: lonely. yeah and and maybe you're you're in a relationship that before all this kicked off wasn't particularly harmonious? Or, or I guess there's there's two elements to my my question. I guess if, if you're in a relationship that is was perfectly healthy before, is it a sign of problems in the relationship that need addressing or is it just a natural reaction to not having other people around in this moment if you are feeling that disconnect?
0: Well, there are two things. One, I would say that this is an extraordinary time and I think whatever comes up right now might not be there in three weeks, six weeks, nine weeks from now. So Mm. I think you would have to wait that out. But what I would really say is when we feel lonely, isn't it because we are disconnected from ourselves? Mm. And I think this period is a wonderful time maybe to try out various things of how you can connect to yourself. Because if you feel that you are, feeling very lonely and you need to go out there then you're always going to be beholden to that and wouldn't this be an amazing opportunity for you to try and go inwards rather than outwards no matter which stage of life that you are you might not think very much of yourself maybe this is a good opportunity to delve a little deeper why do you feel that way how comes what is the reason you know And again, there's so many podcasts that you could listen to, Mm. so many things that you could do for yourself. What are the reasons that you wouldn't do that for yourself? And I think it's so important. You know, I, I think that every opportunity, every situation brings us opportunities. And, you know, perhaps it's this stage of life that the glass is half empty or the glass is half full. But... You know, there is so much going on around us. I think that, you know, we should be so grateful that we are alive and we don't have Mm. coronavirus. We might get it. Nobody knows. But for now that we don't have it, can we be grateful about that and do the best for ourselves? Not for our neighbors, not for our children, not for our grandchildren, but just for ourselves. You know, what can we do to connect with myself? Uh, Can I look into something that, you know, might offer me that opportunity. Can I ask a girlfriend what she did? Can I ask a family Mm. member, you know? How do you cope and share and maybe do it together? I mean, I'm in Bali, you guys are in the UK, but we're having a wonderful connectivity at the moment through the wonders of technology. And I personally don't feel the difference that we are 16,000 kilometers away from each other.
2: I guess we do spend all of our life in, in the time before, in the normal times, let's call them normal. I don't know if it'll ever go back to being normal, but we put those layers on um, and, and we we create plans and, and keep going on that treadmill, maybe so that we don't have to deal with stuff that can rise up when we stop. So is that happening a bit, do you think? We have been forced oh, to stop. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. I mm. agree with that completely. And then again, you know, when it was, to use your term, normal times, we were crying out loud, you know, to have longer weekends, to spend yeah. more time at home, to be with our families, to have that time where I could put the house in order. Or oh my God, I, what I would do to have a week at home. Mm. And now that you have it, what are you doing with it?
3: I have to ask about teenagers. Um, you know, often... Their friends are their world um, and they might have romantic relationships just starting too. Um, And I suppose what can parents do to help them cope well emotionally at this time and and, and to try and what do we need to be aware of as parents and need to understand? Well, I I
0: think we need to step back a little. Mm. The reason is that why do our kids, our teenagers want to be with their peers? And I think it is because, you know, if we look at the whole educational system and the whole way that we raise children, you know, we are um, very much into a situation where as parents, we are much more into uh, rewarding good behavior and rather than Mm -hmm. connectivity. So I think that part of the way that that you know, there's a power dynamic that exists between the parent and the children. And then in education, it's the same thing, isn't it? It's, you know, your self-worth is by the results at school, etc. But all of that takes away uh, the connection. So I think that when we look at it from a, a humane perspective, the reason why our teenagers go and see their peer group is because they can connect At the same level, disconnect from the power, the power dynamic that exists with the parents and with school through a real connection with their peer group that are going through the same thing. So my answer would lie in, in, in that I would ask parents to say, can you try a little to emulate, to get out of, I'm the parent, I decide here, this is what you should do, this is what I expect of you, this mm. is what it is about, I am the adult, yeah. I have to make the decisions because very often, you know, let's face it, you know, parents might not always be the best emotionally mature beings to tell their children because mm. where would they have learned it? But that's a, a, a topic for another discussion. Mm. But, you know... If, power, if parents could get a little bit out of the power dynamic during this time and a little bit more into connectivity with their children, then perhaps their children, their teenagers wouldn't miss their peer group as much. They will still miss them, of course, but perhaps not as much. Yeah. And this could be a wonderful way of reconnecting with your children and feeling that they are safe at home and you know, they can talk about things without being told what to do or how they should be or how to behave.
2: Yeah, I mean, that that's a, a really nice way, actually, is we're encouraging positive emotions, you know, whilst we don't want to traumatise our kids by letting them see the full horror of the blubbering, wailing mess that we are when you know really in despair i guess we can just connect on that level and say listen you know we we're all in this together aren't we
0: absolutely and i think if if parents are going to use because they are stressed if they are going to use a a sort of power dynamic in order Mm. to get compliance from the children Mm. or the teenagers it's going to go majorly wrong
3: Mm.
0: because they're going to just resist harder.
3: With our older three children, Paul and I, I think we were very much in that sort of, we're in charge, we're in charge. It didn't really work out that well for us a lot of the time. Um, And with the younger one who is now at home, it's much more kind of like, well, you know, we can't force you to do stuff, but he, you know, the, yeah, and having discussions around things, and really, and when this happened, we Paul and I had a discussion about right. We just have to take our foot off the brake completely here, and and just trust him to get yeah. to bed yeah. in time, do his work, yeah, and and just have conversations around yes. it and it has worked out quite Absolutely. well so far so yeah
0: well thank you for confirming what i've just been a practical example thank <laughs> you very much
2: so long to learn that though are you <laughs> saying that i have to have two more children to <laughs> get this parenting thing right <laughs> you Louise? Been Is that doing what doing it saying? for 30
3: years before you get it right i think <laughs> <laughs> in my experience so
0: <laughs> <laughs> extraordinary um, i i just wanted to say to our to our listeners you know be kind to yourself Try to connect to yourself. And if you feel that it's very difficult for you to, to connect to yourself, the, perhaps the minimum you could do is when you wake up in the morning or when you go to bed at night, to give yourself a big hug.
3: Mm. Well, thank you so much again, JC. Our, yeah, our listeners really enjoy your episodes always. Um, and you've provided us with some invaluable insight and understanding today to help us a bit more peacefully navigate
2: these, these difficult times. So thank you. Thank you, Jean-Claude.
3: You're
0: very welcome. Please be well and keep safe.
2: It's made by Dark Horse, digital.co.uk, Shooting, live streaming and podcast production.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.